Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 186. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hello, ladies. What is going on? Hi. Hello. Hello. Wow. It is uh, how many days? How many days? We are six days out from Free Comic Book Day, and I am barely <gasps> getting over it. <laughs> That's right. Free Comic Book Day is always the first Saturday in May, for those of you who may not know. And your local comic shop will always have free comic books to give away. And Heidi Ho was no different this year. And it was a super busy day, very successful, but a lot of planning, a lot of sleepless nights. And it was finally over last week on Saturday at six o'clock. And I'm still trying to recoup my energy and, and feel back to normal. <laughs> yeah. It's so, I. I do not miss, like, as, like, a a customer or whatever, free comic book day is, like, super cool. But as, like, the employee or, like, the retail person, yeah. oh, it's it's awful. It's, like, like the Black Friday of comic book yes. stores, pretty much. Because it's, it's a lot. That's yeah. actually a very good description of it. I never thought of it like that. Because even on Black Friday, we don't get rushed like other stores do. Like, we have sales and people come in and we do pretty well. But no, you're absolutely right. Free Comic Book Day is the Black Friday of, of comic book stores where there's like comic book stores have lines out the door, around the corner, around the block, people shoving other people because they want to make sure they get the book that they came for. There's always one book that has some speculator news or hype around it that everyone wants. So just a lot of people coming in and out of the shop and a lot of which we have never even come to your to Heidi Ho or maybe even any comic store before so it, it's a good opportunity to make new customers and give them a good experience and hopefully entice them to come back mm-hmm. yes i think free comic book started free comic book day started like when i was still working at diamond comics oh, okay let me tell you free comic book day every year was like torture because uh-huh. we had to pack tons and tons of orders just of free comic books not including the specific pull orders and yeah. it was a nightmare Oh, I hated it so much. <laughs> so fucking much. Somehow that brings like warmth to my heart to know that the diamond people suffered just as much <laughs> as we do. Oh, uh, 100%. It does make me wonder how those like, like everybody else who like has gotten into like the comic book publishing, like Lunar and like Scholastic and all of them, did they do anything? Did like, yeah. How did they keep up with orders? What did they do? Lunar did have the books and Penguin had books uh, because Penguin actually is the main distributor, publisher, not publisher, distributor of Marvel. So Diamond gets their Marvel books from Penguin. And so I tried doing Penguin way back in the day and their shipping, unfortunately, is not up to par and we would receive more often than not. Uh, damaged books and their damage reporting and replacement was way way more complicated and time 
consuming than doing it with diamond. So we switched back to diamond, but, uh, for Marvel, but, um, yeah, they all do the free call books and Lunar had some all ages books available through DC. Uh, and then their main one was Dawn of DC, uh, that came out, uh, and I think that was it. I think, but just like every year, a whole bunch of random stuff. And actually there was one that was called Mexican or something like that. And I meant to grab three copies so that we could read it and review it on the podcast. And by the time I remembered, they were all gone. <laughs> oh, no, that's terrible. Well, at least people seemed interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> and so talking about it now i'm uh, i should check to see if it's available make myself a note so because uh, obviously it's going to be coming out soon so i should keep an eye on that very very definitely cool. well for me it is finals week i graduate in two weeks Ooh, on the 26th like it's happening exciting. it's real i get to walk the stage anyways but in the meantime the semester and finals week are upcoming and I'm like the glasses and like a little bit of the camera is doing a lot of work to hide just how dark my under eyes are right now because I don't I think I've averaged maybe like two three hours of sleep per night oh my gosh yeah because I'm just I have been pushing out papers and studying and just doing a lot and making sure that, you know, I can walk the stage and that there's like all crossed all the T's dotted, all the I's. There's nothing fucking this up. Wow. At least not on my end. <laughs> I'm, I'm very tired. Wow. I think that right there is the main reason I can never be a student again, because I, I can't stay up after eight o'clock <laughs> and obviously I'd have to have a job. So I have very limited amount of time to do my homework and write my papers. So uh, I I was just talking about this with one of the, our employees who's also returning to school. And he made the comment, he's like, now that I'm back in school, I almost now kind of remember why I never really wanted to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. That's crazy. You know what else is crazy? On May 4th, here in the city of Cali- uh, in the city of Compton in California, we had a tornado. I saw your video. Like you saw it. Like I didn't go outside. I wasn't gonna die. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, so but wild. it was. It sounded so freaking crazy, dude. Like everything. It even the basketball court we have in the back, one of those like movable ones. It it almost fell over. It was like being. It was basically leaning sideways because of the strength of the wind. It was insane. I started to look at TikTok at, you know, Compton, California tornado. And my the neighbor across the street was filming the tornado and filmed my house and then filmed up. We were directly yeah. under the freaking tornado. That was fucking crazy. And I, I, I said to myself, I'm like, I think we're in the eye. <laughs> and we we fucking were it was freaking insane tarps were being thrown into the um power lines and so oh, we lost power wow. for like hours wow. yeah there was like cardboard some people's like roof came undone maybe because it's old and and the the maybe it's not sticking well that those tiles came up and were rolling around it was just insane and then after it was over it was like super sunny and really beautiful skies but it was really creepy because you could not hear it was so 
dead quiet except for the dogs barking in the distance. But like when I mean dead quiet, it's like no birds were chirping mm -hmm. at all. It was just freaking creepy as fuck. I'm like, okay, it, did this just happen? Am I dead? Is this <laughs> is this the afterlife? I saw I saw your neighbor's video that you shared, and it was so surreal. It looked like a scene from Endgame, where like a Doctor Strange was opening a portal. Yes, and, and something was about to come through. That's what it freaking looked like. It was so weird. Yeah, it was crazy. And then I stepped outside for a little bit because I had to leave the home office because I had no electricity go to my boss's office to continue working but before I left I just opened the door to see what damage had been done and one of my tarps flew out like about four potted plants were like on the floor bro broken it was just crazy just oh it's like a lot of stuff was in disarray I was just uh it was just like really really creepy and I was like okay well I'm gonna have to clean it up when I come back gotta go but it was just <laughs> insane it was insane. It didn't last very long, but it just felt like forever because, oh, man, it was just everything was rattling. I was like, what is it? Like, and seriously, I was like, this can't be a tornado. Is this what Dorothy flew in? Like, seriously? <laughs> this is and and they were and, they, and it was said on the news that it was one of the lowest grade tornadoes. So I can't imagine two steps up. Right. No way. Yeah. No way. But yeah, a lot of a lot of people here in Compton have those tarps, you know, when they have their parties in the backyard, yeah. they all got swept up. Uh, there is this guy, his um, trampoline also <gasps> was swept up oh, by no. the tornado and it landed in the front yard. Oh, my gosh. Um, and yeah. And then another other video I saw, like uh, the, the rubbish that the winds were carrying were crashing into the car parked cars. So a lot of people had like damaged windshields and yeah. stuff like that or. Yeah, it was just insane. But yeah, so now I... S and you know what? Just a few weeks before that, I was watching this Netflix show about like most deadliest places to live on Earth. And one of them, there was like tornado chasers. And I was like telling Frank, I'm like, maybe we should go on vacation and chase a tornado oh, just once, oh time, once in our life. <laughs> and I was like, nope, not, not, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that no it looked cool on tv but no man living it and and such a low grade it just just i can't believe how scary it was incredible just lived through that that was crazy all right guys now it's time for chisme de la semana and guys there's a bunch of chisme out there dude there's a writer strike going on i mean yes it's in it's insane that the CEOs or the heads of whatever, they get so much money, yet all these writers and people that, like, contribute to shows and everything, they, like, I heard one of them said they get, like, four cents for streaming, something that they worked on, four freaking cents. And in this day and age when everything is streamed anyway, I mean, I just feel like they, they really should get paid what they're worth. I mean, 100%. We, we need the writers, dude. We told, I mean, I'm always talking about all these shows that I'm watching, that I'm streaming and everything. And it's because of the storyline. It's because of the acting. It's because the whole thing comes together so beautifully. And for them to get gypped like that, it just is unforgivable. And, 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 and I'm just like, I'm really shocked. The last writer strike was in 2007. And, um, it wasn't on my radar or I didn't have any interest in it back then because, you know, I was younger. I don't care, whatever. But I do remember that it affected a show that I really want. I really loved. 
at the time during the writer's strike, the show that suffered for me was Heroes. <laughs> yep. Uh, with Save the Cheerleaders, Save the World. So, um, yeah, that show did not develop well later on because of the writer's strike back in 2007. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, it suffered and then it came back and we all suffered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, for no, sure. The, the season two of it was because they decided to go on without the writer. Yes. So it's just garbage. It, yes. Look, the last... Okay, and this is more of a personal thing for me, but I'm when the last writer strike happened, I had been watching Supernatural, and Supernatural decided to go on hiatus when the writer strike happened. And do you know what they came out with once the writers guild got what they wanted? They came out with season four, the best season. <laughs> they came out with Castiel, the best character, just for me personally. So you know, support your writers. They they will write more. If you pay them, you know, it's almost like having money does help. I know we live in a very capitalistic society and more money, more problems and whatever. But also, you know, sometimes you can like money can't buy happiness, but it can buy comfort. Yep. And that helps a lot. And it's incredible because what they're asking is just 3% of residuals or something along those lines, which is. Like, that's not a lot when you compare it to, one, how much the stars are being paid, how much the directories are being paid, and none of that compares to, like, the actual, like, companies themselves who are, like, m- making this happen. Like, the or, like the CEO of WB or whatever, or, or Disney and stuff like that. Like, they can afford this. They just don't want to because, you know, greed. Yeah, like a lot. Some people were cons- kind of explaining it like these CEOs or whatever. They're they're buying their like vacation homes while the writers can't even earn a living, can't pay their mm-hmm. rent. You know, living in LA is super expensive, mm-hmm. um, and that's just uh, really unfair. They're just trying to freaking pay their bills. Like they're not even really asking for luxury. They're just asking for their fair share of their hard work. A lot of people are saying that, like, even if they've been in the business for twenty years, somebody that just is starting up is pretty much going to earn the same exact thing even though they have 20 years in the business which is completely unfair the late night shows have all been targeted Mm -hmm. not targeted have all been affected by this and i'm just going to read off some names of some of the shows that uh, that are targeted not targeted Mm -hmm. that are going to be affected by the writer strike stranger things daredevil the Last of Us, Abbott Elementary, the AMC shows under the Immortal Universe at Anne Rice Universe, that's affected. Blade, the movie is affected. Andor, and Andor's been affected by like problems with the filming location terrain. So that was kind of on hold. And now the writer strike. So now that's Cobra Kai, Good Omens, House of Dragon, Rap Shit, Yellow Jackets. Those are just some of the few that I know offhand that are being directly affected by the writer's strike. So I support their strike. Like, I feel like if they could just, like, reach a deal where it's fair to them, I know that my my shows are going to be affected, but that's, like, small potatoes. I mean, yeah, like, am I entertained? No, but that's okay because I'm with the writers. So that has been... The chisme de la semana. And I mean, going off of that note, I sorry, I'm I just I have to comment. It's so easy to be entertained. It really is. Like it's not entertainment isn't just TV anymore. And I think other 
other industries should also be striking as well. The animation as well, because they have, they're under a completely different thing, but they still have to write as well as much as make their content. I think the, the protest should be like over a bunch of things for like tech people, for animation, for like, if you are working for something and you are not protected, you should be fighting to be protected. And I think that that holds true no matter what industry. And it's really sad that this is the kind of thing that the creatives who are responsible for so many of the things that we love and enjoy have been treated this way over forever for so long. I mean, the whole reason that a nonprofit organization like Hero Initiative has to exist is because all of the writers who actually created those characters who you see in TV shows and movies uh, and buy toys at target of don't get anything because they all didn't know back in the day that this was going to happen and they signed contracts that signed their rights away and so unfortunately that is just how these companies have always treated writers and the creatives and um it's really sad that even here we are now at 2023 and people are still just fighting for what's fair so well spoken. That is exactly our sentiment here. So power to them. All right, guys, it's now time for On My Radar, and I have some On My Radar stuff. So Warner Brothers is releasing Beetlejuice 2 on September 6, 2024, and I'm so here for it. So Winona Ryder's coming back. Michael oh, Keaton's coming wow. back. Wow. And Jenna Ortega is going to be, from what I found out, is going to be Winona Ryder's <gasps> character's daughter. Oh, my gosh. It's almost like that is... Like exactly Wednesday, just in a different movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I was in love with Renona Ryder's character. Oh God. What was her name? I'm going to. Delia. No. Was it it Delia? No, Delia was the stepmom. On on Uh, set research right now. (laughs) Let's see. So Delia Dietz. Delia Dietz? I think so. I. I can't remember, but I remember the last name is Dietz. Something Dietz. That is... Okay, well, when did the original movie come out? I mean, that's... What, was that the 80s? Do we know? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the movie came out in 1988. Wow. That doesn't really... I mean, it was a long time ago, but in my mind, Beetlejuice, like... Mm-hmm. It's, like, iconic. Like, yeah. it... it I feel like Lydia. it could be a Lydia. Yeah. That's right. Lydia. Lydia yeah. Dietz, yes. But it still holds up. I still rewatch people. Yes. Yes. It's so, so good. Like the, and that's that now that's good Hollywood right there because the, the costuming, even the, like w- the weird, like anim like animations and stuff like that. They still yes, hold yeah. up. Yeah. Claymation. I think it was. Ah, uh, yeah. Interesting. I just love that movie. Oh. <laughs> I was. I wanted to be Lydia so bad. I am da- da- dark and despair. Therefore, <laughs> I see dark and despair. I myself am strange and unusual. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, 
<laughs> we are, we're having a moment right now. Every goth girl knows what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. So good. And the actors were great. I mean, and that's when I started w- loving, um, uh, uh, what is it called? Um, what what is that called? Samba music, I believe it's called. Oh, uh-huh. he actually just died. The um the writer and singer of that song, uh, Shake 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 Sonora. Oh, oh really? Yeah, and actually, I thought he was Afro Latino. Harry Belafonte. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was Afro-Latino because it says shake, 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 Sonora. Mm -hmm. But I thought he said shake, 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 Senora. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought he's just pronouncing it for the English people to understand. (laughs) Instead of saying Senora, Senora. So that's why I thought... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but he just actually recently passed away too. But uh, he, I think he was like in his nineties or something. But um, I started oh, Calypso. I started liking Calypso since then. Mm-hmm. The Danny Elfman soundtrack to that music is iconic. Mm-hmm. So I hope. I mean, I didn't do much too much research on what the production behind this movie is, but I'm certainly gonna be shocked if Danny Elfman is not doing the um the soundtrack for this beetlejuice number two and whatever the production is it's probably on hold now yeah <laughs> oh damn Definitely you're right on hold <laughs> oh sad sad face sad trombone um do you have any on your radar Kristen? i do actually i read a book this week that i really enjoyed a lot called something epic and it is a an image number one and it was written by simon kudransky he wrote and drew it and in this series you basically have a story that revolves around the idea that imagination is real outside of our perception creative thought takes physical form with only a handful of individuals known as epics able to interact with this wondrous hidden world but for 14 year old danny dillon accepting these responsibilities himself won't be easy or safe lose yourself in a world of endless fantasy and creativity where superheroes monsters magical creatures and cartoon characters live and breathe alongside of us so simon kudransky is a spawn and punisher artist and he is taking on the entire book as the writer and the artist and i read number one it was a pretty thick book it was 32 pages of story and art and i really enjoyed it a lot Danny is the main character and he is sharing through a lot of um, narration about how he's been able to see these things ever since he was young and that nobody believes him. But as he gets older, he kind of starts to like, like do tests of like how to interact with them and stuff like that. And for a first issue, it was really strong, very interesting at the end of the first issue we are introduced to somebody who notices that Danny can see these things and obviously he can see them too and so there's going to be I think maybe some kind of like mentorship going on there but this first issue was very very cool very interesting the art was really awesome and I definitely would uh, am interested in uh, reading more of the story that's so cool it sounds very cool 
Oh my god, guys, I've been waiting for this moment <laughs> for some time now. It is la hora de la cervecita. What are we drinking today, girls? Oh my goodness. So we have a very, very tropical looking can in our hands called Waikiki Brewing. Well, it's it's from Waikiki Brewing Company called Hanahoa Hefe. <laughs> so it's a Hefeweizen. And it is an American wheat ale. With strawberry and orange. And for it being a hef, it's a 5.8. That's pretty, that's a pretty oh, hefty I, hef. You had me at strawberry. So. <laughs> so this can is pretty, like I said, tropical. It is 100% brewed in Hawaii. Uh, the Waikiki Brewing Company is located in Honolulu. And it has, it's very bright green and has some palm trees on it and i just i love hefeweizens they're my go-to whenever i go out and often you don't see them except for during the summertime like right now hopefully the red car will it's already starting to brew their hef um it's my favorite beer on their menu and it makes the best shandy ever so mm. definitely need to check that out the first chance i get but, oh my gosh, I just opened this one and it smells so good. <laughs> I'm going to open mine right now. Yeah, it on Untapped it says it's an equal parts malted barley and malted wheat make up the base of this beer. Noble Hop Tetnang provides the bitterness and small addition of pearl and centennial in the whirlpool balance out the aroma. So, and then in addition to the sweet orange peel, strawberry puree prior to fermentation made the cloudy American style Heffenweiss the ultimate in refreshment. Ooh. So, I love this. <laughs> it's so good. Mm. Very tasty. The strawberry notes uh, uh, are so strong. Like, yeah. that's what I get most of mm -hmm. um, when I opened it. And also just when I bring the can to my mouth to drink it. I just, and when you said strawberry puree, like my mouth just started watering because that's what I'm smelling. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it smells so good. Yes. I am literally shaking the bottle so that I can get all the bits of it into this glass. <laughs> <laughs> it is very delicious. There's, um, it tastes, it's so refreshing. Yes. And there's the, the, the strong, powerful notes of the orange. It, it makes a little bit of a rind kind of back taste, like aftertaste. Yeah. But the strawberry is very there present, but mm. it's not sweet. It's, I don't know how to explain it. it yes. It's just the hint of the flavor of the strawberry. It's not sweet or. Uh, and even the, the, the orange part isn't even bitter either. It's, I don't know. It's amazing, is what it is. To be honest, a mixture of strawberry and orange did not appeal to me. Ha, appeal. Um, <laughs> but it actually is a very good mixture for this beer. I do taste the the rind, um, which is not my favorite part of an orange. I do taste it, but it actually really enhances the strawberry in a way that I did not expect. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, it's not sweet. We It's not a cider, but that strawberry, like I have had strawberry flavored brews before, or like there's a watermelon one I know I've had. And I feel like they try to be sweet. I don't know if that makes sense, yes. but this is just enough 
subtlety of flavor that it really, really works. And it makes me super sad that it's from Hawaii and I don't know how to get it <laughs> other than fly to Hawaii. <laughs> well, now you have yet another reason to return to Hawaii. Um, I, You know what? I remember drinking this, but it wasn't on the regular rotation of beer that we bought at ABC stores. This was, I think, at the very last one because they're like several locations and I the 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 can art did not pop out to me but I really wanted to try something different because he, we had regular ones on on rotation and not all ABC stores carried the same exact beers mm. some of them had different so I grabbed it just on a just on the fact that I I had had the other beers frequently and this one I hadn't tried yet at all and it comes in a six pack and I do remember drinking it and remembering loving it but it's been such a long time since I came back and the cans were in the refrigerator mm. that drinking it now I'm just like oh I'm just transported to heaven <laughs> all over again this is one this is one that I would love to have on draft mm -hmm. uh, I think that getting it on draft would like elevate it even more for me I just really, really enjoy it a lot. And I'm wondering if they even do, like, do breweries in Hawaii distribute onto the mainland? I, I got to find out now. <laughs> the only one th that I didn't taste at all in Hawaii was Longboard because that's the one that's here oh, all the time. Yeah, right? that's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You can buy available. that at Target. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's readily available here. So um, I didn't want to try any Longboard at all. But um, this one, oh my God, it's freaking delicious. And not in a fucking, I'm sorry, in a sock you across the face, kind of slap you. Silly. It's 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 kind of like an elegant elegant subtle just taste like i don't know it's just amazing it's just it's it's elegant in its <laughs> manner of being brewed i just love it it has a refined taste <laughs> refined taste thank you yes. you're welcome it's almost like i know words <laughs> <laughs> i swear i speak english <laughs> but no i i oh wow and I can't remember if I tasted any other Waikiki Brewing Company beer. I know we went to only two breweries over there, like tap rooms, but Waikiki was not one of them. Mm. But are we ready to actually rate it? Yes. Yeah. So we have a five-point rating scale with one being very unsatisfied, two is just regularly unsatisfied, three is neutral, a four out of five is satisfied, and a five out of five is very satisfied. If it is off the charts amazing, we give it a six out of five Super Saiyan, and if it's really horrible, we can give it a zero out of five flaccid. So I'll go ahead and start. I'm gonna give it a five out of five very satisfied. I really like this a lot. It is a very crisp, clean, a light hef. I could drink this all day at a barbecue. I could drink it. I, You know what? That's the one thing that I get frustrated at is Hefeweizens are my favorite, but they only come out in summer. Give me a good Hefeweizen all year long, damn it. Uh, and this could definitely be it for me. So I'm giving it a five out of five. You know, it's so funny that you said that because I was like, I know I went to two breweries. I went to Maui Brewing and then I was like, I know I went to another one. And I think it was Waikiki. So I went back into our post in our Instagram 
them. And I did go to Waikiki Brewing Company. But ah. like you said, it's seasonal. So when I was there, they did not have this on tap. Oh, okay. But they did have on tap. And what I did post on our Instagram was the jalapeno mouth. Ah. Which they served with a little jalapeno on the rim. Uh-huh. Oh, that was that was uh that was awful actually. It was really <laughs> hard to try. <laughs> oh man. I was like, what what was I thinking? But you know, I'm there to experiment everything. But I know for a fact I did not have the water uh uh this uh Hana how hefe. But anyway, that being said, tasting it right here, right now, I'm just so in love with it. It is delicate, beautiful. What is it? Chef kiss. Uh, that's what they're calling it. <laughs> so I'm going to give it a super saiyan. Ooh. I'm super impressed. Wow. Super impressed. A super saiyan for a non IPA beer from Sarah is like unheard of. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go. Well, this is Jen. I'm going to go with Kristen and uh, I'm also going to give it a five out of five. Mostly because I save my super saiyans for the barrel age stuff whenever we have it <laughs> but no it's it, it is really really good this is a beer that i would like drink all the time like it's um uh, it's so refreshing i it's such a unique and and unique in a good way not unique in a bad way and i'm trying to be polite <laughs> it has such a unique flavor uh and if you like kind of like a fruity drink that isn't sweet this is 100 percent totally up there so i'm gonna give it a five out of five as well and that has been our beer review all right guys now it's time for our book review what are we reviewing today well today we are reviewing not a book but a webtoons web comic called rad lazy and it is a <laughs> slice of life comic about a chill radish and his bunny girlfriend just hanging out. Just vibes. <laughs> yes. And we actually met the creator of this webcomic at WonderCon this year in Anaheim. So we're very excited. We, we got to talk to her. Jen did a little mini interview with her. Can you tell us more about this creator? So we met, yeah, we met Jenjo Inc. at WonderCon. They are for originally from Ontario, and when we, when I interviewed them, well, no, when we interviewed them, they were working on a trade paperback collection of Lastics Labs, which was their own creation that they are the artist and illustrator of. They that had been their sixth year attending WonderCon, and they are a self-published artist, and they were interested in sci-fi romance, and I believe they had come out with Seafoam, which was an all-ages book series that's available on Amazon and their website as well. So their website is genjoinc.com, and there is a little write-up on what Lastrix Labs is about, and it says Lastrix Lab is a facility run by its driven lead scientist who will go to any lengths to leave his mark on the world through the field of faux human research. What he doesn't count on is finding a unique specimen that offers not only the means to truly break new ground in his work, but in his heart as well. That's so cool. So we read the webcomic Rad Lazy, and it is just like that. Kristen said slice of life. It is super, super cute. I mean, there's no like storyline like linear storyline it's like little snippets of uh sort of like a sunday comics kind mm -hmm. of uh 
kind of feel to it like you know when you read the newspaper and there's like a little kind of um kind of just a one shot kind of thing but i found it to be super creative because it's a radish (laughs) that that is in a relationship with a bunny like literally a bunny and um there's other characters like the the guy who is a pumpkin trellis trellis yes and then then we have a we have this uh cat lady layla layla and i found myself like chuckling out loud reading this comic the part where the the radish guy (laughs) rad is skating and then um so you see bunny sitting there with another character and she's like then you see these little kids like run across the the panel and she says oh those are my kids which one's yours and then <laughs> she's not she saw him and you see rad falling because he's skating and he falls down and you know it's just it was just you got you had to be there but i found myself laughing out loud at a lot of these paneling and the art and just the the whole imagination about creating this like world where they're like there's an onion person there's a penguin there's like a chicken i mean it's just really 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 funny and the artwork is really well done the dynamic of movement in her arc in these like limited paneling on webtoons is just extraordinary i just was really floored with the the stuff that she that she portrayed across these like three panels uh of of a lot of movement a lot of expression and and like i said i i laughed out loud at some of the paneling was just I mean, the writing style is really, really impressive. What did you guys think? Well, this is Kristen, and it took me a while to realize he was a radish. <laughs> uh, and there was a early on, there was a, an issue or episode where they're making lunch, and the his girlfriend makes a salad and he gets like so like terrorized that he's that she's making him a salad she's like no no i made yours with mulch and i don't know what but it was just so funny and at that point i was like oh yeah that's right he's a (laughs) (laughs) but i love the art so much the art i'm looking at this is episode 38 it's a tree, but there's literally slices of pizza hanging in the tree. And there's those kinds of like really interesting, like fantasy type things that she puts into uh, her art. And um, it just, it it's a really fun read. I saw on her Patreon and I think also... Or somewhere else where I saw there was buttons available and stickers. I was like, oh my god, I want a rad button and a bun, uh, a bun button too. And my favorite is how each episode ends where it says, thank you for reading. And it's him drinking a latte, skating with his earphones on. Yeah. And just like enjoying life. And uh, that's just, yes. <laughs> and it's just so cute. It is. Oh, man, it's really, really cute. You know, I'm looking at the picture that we took of her at WonderCon with their booth with all this merchandise that I now know who the characters are that I wish I knew before going to the convention because I would have scooped these up as well. I mean, because you have all the characters that she has on her webtoons in either stickers or buttons or whatnot. And I think it would have been cooler for me to have read this comic and then buy her stuff up but it is super freaking cute and it's so hilarious i mean i remember this one panel it was like easter and 
I think Rad works like at a community center where they work with kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they were doing like egg painting for Easter. Oh, (laughs) yeah. You see Bunny Bunny helping the kids with painting their Easter eggs. And one of the kids was like, she's like, take it easy on the glitter. And uh, all of a sudden in the backyard, you see the chicken and she's like, where are my eggs? And she's like, you know, you're going to have to give those back after you finish with them, right? (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, I mean, there's several other ones that have just uh, um, have really kind of stood out for me that just made me laugh. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this is so funny. But uh, also, I, I didn't know this, but the, the creator is Cherokee. Yeah, I saw that uh, on her website, she identified as being a Native American, but I didn't see that she was Cherokee. So that's very interesting. So I really loved it. Like, when you think of a webtoon... Like, I this I think this is what comes to mind because it's got kind of like that classic paneling, but going like you know scrolling down and the art style itself it's simplistic, but in the way that like someone who knows how to draw makes it simplistic, like they have kind of reduced the elements while still keeping the shapes and like the kind of very anthropomorphic view of it and still like very cartoony. So I really really enjoyed it. It's slice of life 100 percent. it's slice of life but just the couple happens to be a radish and a rabbit <laughs> <laughs> there was this one and, that um, i really i'm so sorry i just wanted to share it because i just remembered it there's this one where rad opens the refrigerator and he gets attacked by tomatoes and then bunny comes up behind the the door and it's like the tomatoes have gone bad and he goes yeah but because because they're in a world where like uh, onions and radishes are i guess not human but there are Mm -hmm. they talk and alive alive thank you yes Mm -hmm. so when the tomatoes go bad the tomatoes are like with their you know with their fangs and stuff attacking radish and it was just super cute Anyway, I'm sorry. One hundred percent. Yeah. No, you you hit on an element that I w- did want to talk about. In that, it is so. It plays with visuals and with language so well. Very punny, but also just like, like the whole like I made you a salad and he's a radish, uh, but it's like mulch and eggshells. Or when they when he's passing out like kind of like free lunches to I it was like. A, <laughs> a cat mother and her cat child uh and he he gives her like two other lunches for like her kids and she was just like what like what other kid i only have one kid and the cat like a pet cat and he's just all like what like doesn't like little like anecdotes at the end or like writers like the artist comments and she's like the pondering the ethical dilemmas of a cat owning a cat (laughs) (laughs) and so it 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 plays with that with this world and also with like the language that's used and the visuals that's used like the fact that a salad for him is mulch and eggshells and like but for her it's something different the whole fact that he's a vegetable but and his partner is a rabbit like there's i don't know if i didn't get all the way to the end but i thought that was really funny because i was just like oh we're getting a little bit like i heated here i see <laughs> <laughs> the danger element maybe one day she's gonna eat him who knows <laughs> now, i don't that's not the vibe i'm getting from this because it's really really cute but that is like immediately one of the things that i thought of because i'm uh, just naturally a morbid person. Yeah, me too. Once I realized he was a radish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
there was this one one panel where um, Rad is sick, and so Bunny comes and she puts his feet into some dirt. Uh-huh. And I was like, that makes sense, you know, because uh-huh. he gets his nourishment from, from, you know, from the soil or whatever. So I just thought that was really, it's just really clever. It was, it's very cleverly written. I really enjoyed the heck out of it. And the art as well. I really enjoy like the dynamic motion of it in the paneling. There's a lot of movement, especially since Rad is very clumsy on skates, but <laughs> but likes to skate for some reason. Um, so, I mean, there was one panel where he has two coffees or two drinks and like he's falling, but like he saves one cup and, you know, he doesn't drop a drop of it. The other one is like laying on the ground, but he gives that one to his girlfriend, Bunny. And I thought that was super cute. (laughs) One of the other things, I'm so sorry. I'm just so like fangirling here, but one of the other panels I really loved was where Bunny gets hit on by some rando on the street and he calls her a snack and she's like, no, I'm not a snack. Rad is a snack. I'm a delicacy. (laughs) And you're not even on the menu. Oh yeah, I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, I need a t-shirt that says exactly that. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yes, I, I really enjoyed some of the... I guess they're called episodes. I don't know what they're called, but uh, where she did Q&A and people had sent in questions and uh, she answered them and... One other thing that was so cute was somebody asked, how did Rad and Lazy Bun look as babies kiddos? And she drew a little picture of a baby bunny eating a carrot and a radish inside a pot with like little hearts coming up over him because he sees Bunny and he's like falling in love. It's so cute. (laughs) That is super cute. And you guys, of course, know that you can find this comic strip on Webtoons under Rad Lazy. Yes. All right. Are we ready to rate it? Yes. Yeah, 100%. So this is Kristen, and I am giving it three conchas on a scale of zero to three conchas, with three being the most conchas that Jen's mom ever allowed her to eat in one city. (laughs) Uh, So I am giving three conchas to Rad Lazy. I am going to subscribe and definitely love to see any updates coming in the future. And next time I see, was it Janine? At WonderCon, I'm going to grab some stickers up because now I have I have an affinity for these characters. Absolutely agree with you 100%. I'm going to give it the whole panaderia because I found myself laughing out loud, which is, you know, sometimes you got to like look at the small gifts from life and laughing is one of those. And for her to make me laugh and not one or two panels, but quite a few, I was just like, I'm really grateful for that so i'm gonna give uh hope anadria because i did find myself laughing out loud by myself which is always hilarious what about you jen i am also gonna give it no i'm gonna give it two conchas simply because it, it was fun yeah i did subscribe to it it's not usually something that i would like read but i was very in uh like enchanted and charmed with it so just like on like a personal no it's like two conchas but i do think it's well done i think it's very very cute i like the art style i like the puns and language in it as well i do think it's like like it deserves the three but just personally for me i'm giving it two conchas oh 
to tack on, I meant to say this um, as uh, a critique and also as just helping out a creator. At the end of each of the episodes, is that what they call them or am I making that up? They call them episodes? I'm going to say yes, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing right now it says episodes. So at the end of each episode, you see Rad skating and you have the uh like created by uh thank you for reading illustrator janine joni editor emily brigolin high five that like button or subscribe to support there are two typos (laughs) (laughs) and i could not i could not not see them every freaking time that i and i i was like okay you know what by the end it will have been caught and changed and it never was illustrator is spelled wrong and so is subscribe and there is a letter that was left off on both of those please 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 go back and check like there is nothing worse to me like i can get a marvel book in the shop and read it and as soon as i see a misspelling or a grammar mistake or something like i immediately i'm like i don't want to read this junk and that's how I felt when I saw this. <laughs> but I pushed through and I obviously loved it. But definitely you're p- trying to put your best foot forward out there. Uh, and when you see when you see that kind of typo mistake, it definitely takes you away from the experience. I want to add on to that comment. As a person who sometimes edits our notes or whatever, um, I do a lot of control copying. So I think that wasn't caught because it's control copied throughout every episode. Oh, 100%. That's what I real- I, yep, yep. I assumed is that 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 page is just copied at the end because she doesn't have to do it over again. <laughs> but she's just never caught it. <laughs> editor, get an editor. Always run it by an editor. <laughs> I mean, it shows here that there is an editor, and I'm like, you're both yeah, fired. Yeah, you're both fired, actually. <laughs> it says, illustrator Janine Joni, editor Emily Brigolin. Where were you, Emily, when the word illustrator and the word subscribe were misspelled? <laughs> so- <laughs> what if it's a stylistic choice? That's what I thought, too. I'm like, is there some kind of interesting thing that makes it funny to leave the T out of illustrator? Like, is am I not in the know? And the, the R out of subscribe? Like, I was trying to... I was trying to defend it while I was reading it because I was really enjoying it after a while. Yeah, as a person who tries to keep up with the slang of the kids now, bet. Uh, <laughs> I could, yeah, I could see how that would be something I don't understand as well. But um, anyway, regardless of that, we did definitely enjoy the webtoon. So that has been our book review. <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today I have Mythic Creature Trainer, a fun fantasy graphic novel. A colorful comic about dragons, griffins, adventure, and friendship. So it's on Kickstarter, and I'm going to be read the synopsis that they have right here. Let's see... Do you ever feel as though you couldn't please anyone, no matter how hard you try? Ulrich will go to the ends of the earth to try and fix his mistakes. Mythic Creature Trainer graphic novel is a fun 
fantasy adventure story about training dragons and the power of friendship. The story. Ulrich, one of the royal stable hands, loves his work and demonstrates talent for taming the king's mythic creatures. It's just a pity he has trouble turning up on time. Me. <laughs> it doesn't say me. I'm uh, me. Ask Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> with his job on the line, Ulrich's boss charges him with making a special potion to cure a baby dragon of fever. Ulrich does his best, but his actions have far-reaching consequences that not even he could have predicted. Ulrich is always trying to get his housemate Svelka to help him out of a tight spot. She's a palace sentinel, an elite force of Kingsguard. Svelka doesn't really care if Ulrich succeeds or fails, but she'll pitch in when it suits her. Ulrich will discover the hard way that approval from others isn't the most important thing in life. He's not alone. Some characters crave approval and status while others shun it and do what they feel like without regard for others. So the Kickstarter is being done by Renee Fitzner. I hope I'm saying that right. And Renee is an independent comic creator and animator. Previously, he has animated on 10 different films for Disney and and was a storyboard artist on classic tales and Bob's Burgers. He has been published in the comic anthologies Monsters and Pulp Crucifixion, and his comics have appeared in the Bizarre Times. Lot's Wife, Revolver, and Mad Magazine. In 2018, he funded his first graphic novel on Kickstarter, Sneaky Goblins, an all-ages story of fantasy mayhem. He followed that up with another successful comic series, Mythic Creature Trainer. Renee is passionate about creating compelling characters who are thrown into challenging situations. He loves playing tabletop games with his three kids and watching fantasy and sci-fi films. He lives in Melbourne, Australia. So, it seems... Like a super cute design, and it was already uh, like an established series. If um, uh, Mythic Trainer was, yeah, Mythic Creature Training, and he's had successful Kickstarters before. Currently, it is it has a goal of six thousand seven hundred and seventy-two dollars. It's currently at two thousand three hundred and sixty dollars with fifty-five backers and twenty days to go. Oh. I cannot emphasize just how cute this looks and just how vibrantly and violently colorful (laughs) this is it's like i believe it's all ages as well and it's i if you like fantasy and if you kind of like kind of like a dnds campaign 100 check this out the base pledge well you can always donate without a reward you just want to show your support but the base pledge starts at 12 australian dollars (laughs) I don't know what that's what I call, but I'm just, it says AU and has the money sign. So I'm going to say 12 <laughs> Australian dollars, which is about nine US dollars. And this is for a PDF version of the book. And then at 25 Australian dollars, which is about 17 US dollars, you get the digital catch up bundle, which has a PDF of the graphic novel. Mythic Creature Trainer, a PDF of the graphic novel Sneaky Goblins, and a PDF copy of Sneaky Goblins at College. So you get the the one that's being kickstarted and the two previous ones that have been kickstarted before. At forty dollars, uh, forty Australian dollars, which is about twenty eight US dollars, you get the novel imprint. Uh, you get your name on the book, a die cut magnet, a signed six point five by ten inch print all PDF versions, and free shipping in Australia. 
So not out of Australia. If it's out of Australia, you're going to have to pay more shipping. <laughs> <laughs> and then it keeps on going up from there. You There's a version to get like like a character sketch. There's an even more like inundated catch-up bundle that includes all, all the print versions of the previous uh, comics that have come out. And it keeps going up from there. But it looks super cute. There, he's had success before, and he's uh, obviously has a very like good and solid story going on. Especially if he has already successfully kickstarted two other books in this series, so definitely check it out. It's called Mythic Creature Trainer on Kickstarter. All right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? Well, today I have for you something at the California Science Center. Uh, oh, California Science Center <laughs> is a nonprofit, uh, and they have generally you go in and there's like exhibits that are static that are always the same, but they usually have special exhibits. And this season's exhibit is Maya the Exhibition. So, Maya the Exhibition is featuring over 250 authentic artifacts, many on tour outside of Guatemala for the first time, highlighting the ancient Maya civilization of Mexico and Central America. Enhance your experience by seeing the IMAX movie Mystery of the Maya and join an archaeologist and young Maya descendant as they unlock the secret of the past. Marvel at a majestic nine-foot-long sculpture of a jaguar warrior and gaze into a magnificent mask made of obsidian and jade. Through priceless artifacts and hands-on exhibits, discover how the ancient Maya built and sustained complex cities in the heart of the rainforest. With roots extending back 3,000 years, learn how the Maya live on today in their inventions that continue to shape our daily lives and the millions of people who carry on the Maya tradition in language and lineage. So... That sounds super cool. I haven't been to the California Science Center in a very, very long time. Um, you do have to have reservations and tickets for the special exhibits. Um, the special exhibit is $21.95 for adults and $14.95 for children. Students and seniors are $19.95. And the movie... Mystery of the Maya is $9.79 for adult, $7.59 for child, and students are $8.79. And usually the usually the exhibit will be there for like a few months. I've known I've I know I've gone a couple of times to see some I think I saw Pompeii there. That one was really cool. I saw they had a CSI one once where you went in and you would like do criminal scene investigation. That one was really cool too. I really enjoyed it. But California Science Center never disappoints and even as an adult i enjoy going there every time i go oh yeah it's so awesome there i'm not sure what the last thing i saw I, there was but i i think it was the bodies exhibit oh that was a while oh, ago yeah it's yeah. been so long it was ooh, this well several years ago um, but yeah, like, oh my God, I think maybe, I don't know, 10 or more than 10, 20. I don't know. I'm old guys. Uh, but, but, I was an elementary schooler when the bodies exhibit oh, first came around. And I remember wow. going to that. Now I really feel old. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> I've always said that I wanted to donate my body to that, to that exhibit. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and here we have Chubby Latina. 
<laughs> Here we have how active hot chip eating. Looks- <laughs> That's specifically for me. I always have hot chip. That's super cool. Yeah, I, I've actually seen that. I missed the Codex one that was at, I think it was at LA County Museum of Arts, I think. I can't be sure. Or was it at the Getty? I can't remember, but I missed Codex, um, which was like one of the very, the oldest book, you know, before the other ones got destroyed kind of thing. Like the only one that was, mm-hmm. so um, I missed that one, but I'm very interested in seeing the Mayan, Maya, the exhibition at the Science Center. Thanks so much for bringing that up. That's super cool. All right, guys, now it's time for saludos. Kristen. Who are we saludando today? Well, today I would love to give saludos to Tia Chucha because we are going to, or they are going to be holding and promoting the 18th annual Celebrating Words Festival coming up on May 20th. And Tia Chucha is a nonprofit organization started by Luis Rodriguez, who is a, an ex-gang member and found his way out of the life through poetry and writing. And he was from the San Gabriel Valley, and he opened Tia Chuchas in uh, Silmar. And they offer like cultural classes, um, getting in touch with your roots, cultural dancing, learning, like parent language, a lot of really interesting interesting, cool things. And they hold this celebration every year and it is in Pacoima. And this particular celebration really focuses on literacy. And so last year, I know they gave away books and this year they're doing the same. There was just a huge amount of piles of books that just community members could come in and grab and was just like the the most interesting thing everyone was so excited to get free books they gave away free plants sarah was just talking about how she planted her her chile plant uh because they were giving away i think plants that grew chile and i think maybe some other fruits and vegetables and they also had food trucks they had artisans there i think one time when sam sam sorry (laughs) one time when jen and i went to the very first one uh you bought that really beautiful necklace with the tree on it and yes i still have it yes and i remember they had that year a cupcake uh baker who had cupcakes that were flavored with like Latino uh, flavors. They had like horchata cupcake. They had um, like churro cupcake. Like I just remember being so excited about all the different cupcakes that they had. Um, It was so amazing to see the community come together and just really enjoy themselves for an afternoon. So it's, it's happening at Vaughn G3 Academy. It is free. There's no fee to, to, to go, but you do pay for some, like there are a lot of giveaways, but there are vendors there. Komazi Comics, Sarah and I will be there um, with some 
some of the books that we have read and reviewed and also some packs of comics for $5. But it is in Pacoima and the address is 11200 Herrick Avenue. That's H-E-R-R-I-C-K Avenue. Um, and it's from 2 to 7. Uh, you can definitely go and have a good time. There's going to be parking and food and vendors. And I just can't recommend it enough. I've always enjoyed it every year that we've gone. Oh, yeah. And then the last year we went, they had Aztec dancers too, like a, a whole like celebration That's right, yeah. with uh, the incense and the little like knee, uh, what is it, the ankle kind of little uh-huh rattles uh-huh. it was pretty cool yeah so shout out saludos to tia chuchas and also to the celebrating words festival the happening may 20th all right guys that brings us to the end of this episode where can they find us kristen you can find us at commodicycomics.com, our very own website with all the information you would ever need to know about how to find us on social media, how to email us at commodicycomics at gmail.com, uh, and um, a little bit of bio info as well. Excellent. This has been, uh, this is, we have come to the end. Uh, we are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Thank you so much for listening to to us, guys. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. And that's on period. Network. <laughs>